This is The Hill, talking rugby league with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Hello and welcome to The Hill. Well, the fighters and the true believers were right, ladies and gentlemen, and the health experts and wowzers were wrong. As we go to air, rugby league, according to Wayne Pearce, who is somehow the spokesperson of the Apollo Committee, the much-vaunted, innovative Apollo Committee, a committee, and I'm going off-piste here, that no other sport seems to have been able to found. No other sport seems to have had this vision to create such a committee to get the game that the nation wants and needs and craves back on the field. Well, that man, Wayne Pearce, has come out tonight, Wednesday night, that is. What is the date, by the way? Don't answer that, Sparks. I'm still talking. April 22. And he said, Rugby League is definitely back on May 28. No ifs, no buts or otherwise. So strap in. Incidentally, the Rugby League Players Association hasn't yet agreed to it, but you know, whatever. Elsewhere, the NRL CEO has been punted. Todd Greenberg is gone. But I want to ask, does it really matter? Doesn't the NRL already have a CEO? What does that mean? What does he mean when he says that? I'll leave that to you to work out. We'll discuss the contenders for the official role, the named role, and where Russell Crowe comes into play here. The Staples are, of course, on the show this week, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for your support the last few weeks. I feel like we're building to something. We're going to bounce into it. <laughs> no negative thoughts, all positive actions, all positive regards to what my next action is. Ah, oh, damn, I don't think I get that right. I can't wait to hear the view of my offsider. Tim Sparks, who I'm looking at on Zoom this week. A superior product to Skype, as it turns out. Sparks, uh, although there are some privacy issues, but um, you know we're working through that as a corporate comms department. Sparks, hello. You must be absolutely pumped uh, that League is definitely and responsibly back. Pezza, hello. Listeners, hello. It's good to be back on the hill once again. Am I pumped? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're back. We're definitely back. May 28, five nights of football, I think. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Five nights they are, they're telling us we're going to get uh, of the code. The boys are back training on the 4th. Um, but, you know, I'm still inside the house from, you know, 24-7. So everything's good. Can you, I mean, you know, you're listening to the programs, you're watching the programs, or as we say that every week, you, you'll, you'll actually, I can actually see the TV screens blaring in the reflection of what would no doubt be sort of Fox League or NRL 360, um, probably a bunch of YouTube channels you've got on, got going on as well, a couple of blokes, sure, maybe full sure. credit to the boys podcast as well, um, all going in your multiple screens in your footy room that you have there at home with right, jerseys yeah. behind you and stuff and, and yes. whatever, um, what, what are the details of this return? Because as I see it, um, the headlines are saying they're back. League's back May 28. You look at the... And, that, you know, in rugby league, the NRL said, the Apollo Committee said in a statement that the game was back. Then I read this statement. And the statement says, well, we've developed some protocols around biosecurity. And yeah, our aim is still to be back. Which, I, I, you know, doesn't sound like a um, definite to me. It doesn't sound like a new development either, does it? I think they said that last week and also the week before. We'll be back on the, the 28th. Uh, so, well, if you're, if you're listening um, and that's what you're picking out, that's pretty much what they're saying. Uh, there really isn't too much more to it. Um, Junior Pierce, Wayne Pierce, comes out and says 
It's definite. We're going ahead and I'll hear nothing otherwise, as he's done. And then, yeah, Peter Volandi sort of comes in and backs him up and says, you know, oh, well, uh, still a working day. We're still working through things. Uh, I can't really point any... Can't really give you any finer details. So it's, it's, it's no real... It's not really clearer than it was last week, um, which is which is pretty funny. But what are the programs saying, mate? When we say programs, you, you, I guess you ran through them. Programs. But I don't really know what yet yeah, the programs. Sorry. Uh, oh, I didn't actually catch too much commentary on it today. But you know, it's just uh, really it's the same thing that's been sort of trodden out is well you know isn't it going to be a real good you know um you know distraction and thing to switch off and look forward to so the, 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 there isn't really much more substance to it than that at this stage and for me i still think it's well and truly up in the air i mean mm. i'd be very surprised if i'd be surprised if we're, if they're playing on the 28th mm. Is, I mean, I want to put it to you, Sparks, as this is possibly the most rugby league story that's ever happened in the history of the code, which is a pretty big call from me, <laughs> given the history yeah. of the code. It's a, it's a pretty big call, but um, this game is essentially defying the, like, the protocols and trends and spirit with which pretty much every other sport in the world um, has approached the coronavirus, COVID-19, global pandemic. Um, for the for for its in, for the entirety of this episode, it's uh, presented a front of um, supposed strength and innovation and spirit. And when you look under the hood of the game, its commercials and finances show it to be on its knees deeply. <laughs> mm. And uh, um, and and perhaps maybe what we're seeing is just exactly that a, a front. Maybe it needs to look this way, rugby league, so as to engender the confidence of its key stakeholders. You know the broadcasters and the sponsors, etc. I mean, if you look at it any other way, so you know, health experts and people generally have a brain. They go, guys, why are you saying that you're going to be back and sweating on each other and spilling blood on each other and making heaps of contact with each other when the remainder of us, many of whom have lost our jobs and we're being told to isolate and don't go anywhere near anybody? Yeah, well, exactly. Mm. It 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 really. It, it makes little to no sense. I mean, again, if we're to believe what we've been told for what the best, probably the best part of 15 years or so is that rugby league is a business and, you know, people like us don't understand that and we need to realise that, you know, the game's a business. Yeah, it's true. Um, and they're right to say that. Oh, oh, absolutely they're right to say that because there's money involved. There's money. People get paid. Well, it is a business people, though, Tim. I mean. People are getting money, so therefore it's a, it's a business. But there's also uh, men, I, there's men in suits and they've been around the traps and they know okay, the game yeah. and they've got a feel for the game and and we don't really understand that. I haven't been in a change room. I haven't been in the boardrooms, you know, of rugby league. Sure. It's, it's NASDAQ. It's Wall Street Journal, you know. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, absolutely it is It's 40 million Deutschmark Exactly Totally (laughs) Stocks All that sort of stuff Um, I was trying to think of some other lines Oh yeah you fax that money through to Berlin And I said Helsinki (laughs) (laughs) Exactly Uh, Yeah that's the thing And then you know This business that they talk about Oh we stopped playing for a, a month or two We're cooked It's done This business it's 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 finished. 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. That just seems like a bit of a flawed business model to me. I don't know, mate. It's just... Oh, something's happened this week, I reckon. As you said, it's the most rugby league thing that's happened. Um, so, so Something's happened. I think, I think uh, uh, these... And it's happened to the other sports. And exposed, I think, is the word that we're probably looking for here. Like, there's been this... Again, I know uh, the reason I keep talking about it is because I've had endless amounts of sports executives tell me in a patronising way that, mate, you've got to realise that this game's a business and, you know, what you're talking about makes absolutely no sense. Um, you know, I've, I've had, you know, guys that hold, like, very senior positions in the New South Wales Rugby League tell me that St George Illawarra have absolutely no money and they're a terrible club and they go on to win the competition next year, the, year, the, the, the very next year, you know. <laughs> So, this, you know, things oh, might that's get That's a completely a bit, things, new segment things, too. Like, things New South Wales rugby league officials have told Sparks at... Yeah, at, at, at various leagues club. clubs. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know, mate. It might get a bit heated tonight because it's just these guys have been exposed. Like, it's just been... It's been bullshit. It's been self-interest the whole time. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised with that because league was built on self-interest. You know, with the breakaway from Union because they wanted to get paid. Like, you, you can't be that s- surprised about it. But it, it's the the game's up, isn't it? Like, you know. Well, with that in mind, Sparks, can I just ask, with all that said and all that context considered, a really important question to you. Um, Tigers have the dogs next. Um. When the comp resumes, who are you favouring there? At Campbelltown. Well, it was meant to be at Campbelltown, wasn't it? We don't know where it is, but yeah. Oh, Tiger, the Tigers didn't have a great start. If you get, you might get me. To, you might get me being honest tonight about the Tigers. They didn't have a great start. You know, honestly, they were lucky to beat the Dragons. At the end of the day, like I, I'm sorry to say, I, I love the guy. He's a great player, but Benji Marshall's finished. He's too slow. He's got <laughs> caught in defence. <laughs> Both games, particularly against St. George, they ran rings around him easily. Frizzell. Um, what a serious answer to that question. You just spent basically 10 minutes ranting on about like deep immorality of the code. I asked that question satirically. How about the Tigers? And you, oh. Two seconds later, you're saying Benji's finished. Oh, where are they playing? <laughs> Mate, I'm just... A lot of things, a lot of things, you know... There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and the <laughs> listeners out there, you know, it's not. Don't take everything as you know with a grain of salt, or take everything with a grain of salt tonight. <laughs> don't just, take everything though. <laughs> just some <laughs> things. It's just it's a difficult time, you know. We haven't we haven't had the game on for a lot of lot of weeks now. I'm bloody watching reruns on Saturday nights of, you know, games that the Tigers usually lose and. You know they've sacked Greenberg. Like I'm not saying I. I'm not Coming saying back. that. Oh, okay, sorry, but can we come to that now? Or yeah, look, let, 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 let's get there now. Um, so th- this week saw the sacking of a guy that was due to be sacked 18 months ago, and as Malcolm Knox said, now he finally, <laughs> finally happened. Um, what do you what do you make of this sparks? I mean, I, f- I feel like the conversation around Todd Greenberg is just like take your pick of whatever side you want to be on really uh like i can't even work out if greenberg was 
a good CEO or not. You know, on the one hand, yeah, yeah. there was growth and good stories about him and Macklemore, which is good, and, uh, and and the way he supported a lot of progressive elements of the game and sort of brought a um, brought some kind of, to, to my mind at least, like reputationally brought some kind of combination between having some sort of um, sort of being steeped in the game somewhat through his time at the Bulldogs, but also a little bit of executive polish as opposed to some of his predecessors who um, just were white-collar, big-end-of-town stuff who, you know, guys who didn't even know Benji Marshall's name. Yeah. Look, I'm probably a little bit like you. Did he do a good job? Probably. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Thanks for tuning into do this it? cast. <laughs> exactly. No, but my point is, like, did he do anything different to what the bloke before him did? Was it was it Smith, David Smith, the banker? Was he the yeah. guy before him? Did yeah. he do anything? I don't know. Yeah, a bit of money, I guess, but where did it go? Executives, probably to the commissioners, to the players, to the coaches. Bit of money. Okay, so did they invest it in anything? No, probably not. All right, so, okay, fine. Did the game run? Yeah. Was there some good play? Yeah. A couple mm. of good origin series. Sweet. Yeah, sure. Fucking... Who won the comp? I don't, I don't know. Cowboys won the comp during the time. Yeah, okay. It's like, but <laughs> bloke before him, Gallup doing the job for about 10 years or so. Was the footy uh, good in for those 10 uh, years? Yeah, it was all right. Uh, who won the you comp? Know, who, exactly. Who won the comp? I don't know. Tigers won the comp under Gallup, you know. <laughs> uh, Bulldogs probably won it. A couple of salary cap, you know, rorts in, 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 in most people's um, time, you know. <laughs> Match fixing, yeah, a couple of match yeah, fixing a under Gallup, bit of match fixing under Greenberg, yeah. bit Storm. of that under John Quayle. It's just, it's the same. It doesn't matter who's doing it, you know. Is there some, because they can't go and tell me there's money there because they're telling us that it's not, that it's all gone. And if they don't play for a few months, the game's cooked. So you can talk about is, you know, 300 50 million revenue in 2015 to 528 million when he's finished and you can talk about the 50 million surplus and all that but it, it doesn't mean anything because there's none of it now and it's just it doesn't matter how much money the 50 million might as well be 50 bucks because there's they're, they're, from what they're telling us <gasps> if they boy. don't play it's gone it's done so was he a good CEO oh, I don't know yeah sure <laughs> You know, no better, that. no worse than the bloke before him and no better or worse than the guy after him or lady after him. That's sort of analysis you can get on the hill. Uh, and Sparks, Peter Vlandy's obviously got into the role and decided, well, Greenberg's out. Do we know why? Was it Greenberg didn't endorse him to become chairman or something? So there was clearly oh, some that kind was of uh, fracturing start of that it. happened earlier. There were, I think that was the start of it. Yeah, there was some talk about Volandis coming on and apparently Greenberg's like, oh, no, no, that's not going to work because I guess, to be fair, Greenberg was like, no, but he's a racing guy, isn't he? I was not the same thing. There's conflict of interest. Volandis caught wind of it, didn't rate him from the start. And then you can go through... Greenberg questioned whether there was a conflict of interest there. So, well, well, hang on, he's a CEO of another sport, so... Yeah, um, and from then, Volandis, I guess, had a mark on his head. But, you know, and then the most recent figuratively, one... Figuratively. Figuratively. You're not, you're, not, you're not suggesting that. I wouldn't dare suggest that. That was very... No, you meant it metaphorically. Promise. Yeah. 
as a metaphor, yeah. As a metaphor. No, it, yeah. doesn't have metaphor for losing his job. Wouldn't yeah. dare suggest that yeah. there's anything else going on, going on like around that. mark on his head. Or, yeah. um, the latest thing being that I think, I don't know what the numbers are, but the clubs were promised something like, I don't know, say it was $1.25 million each to sort of get them through this hard time. Uh, when they did the bank transfer or whatever, each uh, club got like $1.2 or something like that. They were short by about $25,000 or something like that. And Volandis has said, well, that makes me a liar and that makes me a fool. And all the clubs went to him. Um, and so he's like, well, that's the end of Greenberg. Now, those are, those are two of the reasons that are being thrown around. Mate, there's everything and anything in between. Someone was saying that the reason they don't want Greenberg anymore is because when he was the Bulldogs, Greenberg thought that because they had money, they would spend on their coaching staff and they gave Des Hasler like close to a million dollars. And since then, all the coaches have wanted that amount of money. So all the clubs are spending too much money on their coaches and coaching staff. Therefore, it's Todd Greenberg's fault. Therefore, he can't be the CEO. That's a theory out there. Uh, what else? Some people are actually saying it's because he did endorse Macklemore as a pre-entertainment, which I think is, if that's true, then you start to look at who's really like running the game. Um, and again, it's probably people in the media and stuff like that. I think that would be very sad if that was the reason why, because I actually think that was one of the shining lights of his time, um, was that grand final in the face of... Um, you know, essentially just homophobic um, speech from politicians and, and people in the media. What else, mate? I don't know. If some, here's a theory for you, Pezza. Is the Go. reason that they sacked him just to keep rugby league in the news during COVID and saying to media outlets, well, you know, rugby league's still getting on the back page, rah, 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 soap out of the soap opera, that sort of business. Is, is that too outlandish to think that? Nothing's too outlandish to think at this yeah. moment, mate. I mean, that that theory is far more rational and palatable, even though it's bizarre, um, than playing rugby league on an island, which was suggested a few weeks ago. So you know, everyone's you know everything's on the table at the moment. This might the be the this might be the week that breaks me, you know, with this stuff, Pezza. I don't know if I'm there yet, but it. I don't know, mate. I mean, sparks. I mean, I know I've been through a lot, but and we, you know, we're resilient as fans and stuff in this code, and I like to think of myself one as well. But <laughs> I just mean some of this. This it's just, it's this is farcical stuff. The the next CEO is not going to do anything different. Like, what's he going to do? What what are they expecting the next? I should stop saying he, but what's the next incumbent going to do? Like. They're going to make all that money and then, like, not pay executives? They're going to do away with the executive? What, they're they're just going to give all the money to the clubs? Like, what, like... Well, first thing I'd I'd say to any new CEO is have a look at the ratings coming out of Fox over the weekend and you'll find that Mm. uh, of all the classic matches that are being shown on the channel, that uh, you'll find a, a, a certain club who's not in first grade anymore but still exists very much so um their game's rated 20 percent higher than the average for viewing so i don't know what that says yeah, but right. that's the first thing i'd say and i'd say that'd be the first 
priority for any CEO. Was that the uh, was it the Jets and Manly game on? They showed that at five PM on Saturday, Arvo. That massive brawl. Um, was that it? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the Jets um, who run. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. You're talking about the Bears, mate. And the good thing is, from what we understand, is Volandi likes the Bears. He likes the uh, traditional clubs and the, the the suburban ground. So who knows? Maybe. Maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope in there somewhere for us, mate. Oh, I don't know. Any news? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like one of those things, Sparks. You know, we were talking about this earlier this week. Like, yeah, you can have a ten year, twenty year, you know, almost century long track record of immorality and um, under the table dealings and things that are just questionable, generally. But you know, one good thing happens. You can flip your perspective straight away. You know, bring back the bears. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's right. I love Landy's. Um, you know, it's like yeah. Braith and Astor. Sure, his commentary career and his punditry leaves a little bit to be desired, but then instead of saying no dramas, he said no, where's Naguamas? Yeah, exactly. And that kind of erases everything for him. He's back to square one as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about you. He's at the top of the tree now for me. Okay, Absolutely well, where's the, from, from Braith and Astor to where's, where's Naguama? We're going to go to Who Would You Rather Be? And this week, a wonderful suggestion a heavyweight suggestion i should say sparks from a great friend of the show who's come in at ground zero let's even say below ground zero if we're being completely honest about the um speaking of ratings uh on the hill and that is um the the veritable and well-known rugby league twitter account rugby league identity i'm going to say social media identity known as Leila's flick pass to rapana for september 2016 that's a that's a flick pass sparks that you and I were there to witness. In fact, no, it all audio, too well. His audio of that I grabbed of that moment. Mm. Incidentally, your reaction—it's probably the most um, prescient or predictive you've ever been. Um, yeah. In your life. Well, let's save that for another time. We'll save that for another time. We'll save that for another time. But I guess my point is that we've been suggested two heavyweights for who would you rather be from this rugby league identity known as Lay Lewis Flick Pass to a part of September 2016. Um, and I say rugby league identity, by the way, Sparks, because last year I had the um, privilege of interviewing John Bateman from the Raiders on ABC, and I passed on a question from Leilua's flick pass to Rapana for September 2016, and Bateman said, yeah, I know that guy. I've seen him before on Twitter. So it's how privileged you get a question That's from good. him. And here, is, here it is, uh, w- w- without further ado, and there was a little bit of ado there. What Sparks, who would you rather be? Jared Croker or Jared McCracken? <sighs> Heavyweight. Now let me set this oh, up no, for it's... you. Let me set this up for you a little bit as well. Two, we're, we're, what, thirty-four and thirty-five, respectively. Um, yes, mate. And you tend to lean towards the people that you saw first. It's kind of um, it's what do they call that? It's adaptation theory or adaptive theory. You learn it in you know psychology one hundred and one. The first okay. things you see to tend to be the attachment theory. The first things you see tend to be the things that you fall in love with and attach to. And for that reason, things that happened, as we've spoken about on this show, things that happened in the late 80s or early 90s, early to mid to late 90s, tend to get unfair weight when it comes to Oh, that's infections. why we love that stuff, right. Okay. Yeah, that, that's why that happens. Yeah, if you grew up in the 80s, same thing can happen. Yeah, and, yeah um, okay. makes sense, I guess. And here's the thing. Jared McCracken's career is finished. Jared Croker, his career is still going, but yeah, he's well, on—he's absolutely on Jared McCracken. Um, 
levels, if not if not higher. It's just that it's still going and he hasn't had enough time to finish and percolate and allow us to understand that legacy. With that in mind, I want you to tell me who you'd rather be. Yeah. Look, I welcome this. I welcome this, who would you rather be? And I welcome this kind of thought and thinking on the show because it's a real tricky one for me and especially for people that know that listen to the show. I, I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I was very, I was very stern with yourself saying, I don't want to have any more Bulldogs players yeah. thrown at me because yep. I'm just, cause you're wasting your time. Yeah. Like I just, I can't bring myself... Again, with the attachment stuff, you know, the, the, one of my first memories of league is Terry Lamb knocking the daylights out of Bellary Hanley off the ball in the 88 grand final. Canterbury going to win it. You know? One of my first memories is, is of that happening. The, the attachment stuff. Is that the, the theory? Listen to Roy and um, HG commentate that in 88 too. It's probably the only time you see John Doyle break character. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So it makes it very hard and I've just, you know, and I basically said to you and also to the listeners out there, I'm not going to do any Bulldogs players. Right. But, the, but However. Cool. The issue here is for people out there that don't know exactly Jared McCracken's entire career, he did play 80 games for the Bulldogs in the early 90s. He was an outstanding player too. I think referenced him a week or two ago, but he's, he's, he's coming up a lot in those reruns. And he, gee, he was an outstanding player. Uh, a couple of years to, to St. Helens, midway through his career. Comes back 75 games for the Eels when they had their little resurgence after Super League when Para bought all the Bulldogs players. Like I think Dimmick, McCracken, Dean Pay, um, maybe one or two others. But what he does, he goes and captains the West Tigers and they, they, they sign him as the inaugural captain for the West Tigers in the year 2000. So he's running out of Leichhardt Oval as the captain of my team. Yet, uh, I've, I've said from the outset, I can't, I can't have the Bulldogs in me. Like, it's just... I kind of feel if I was to say I'm Jared McCracken, I'm one of those Blues players that's gone down to the crossroads and, you know, sold them a soul to the devil to be able to play, you know, the Blues and go on with it. Jared Croker, you know, I, I really love what he does. I've got a soft spot for the Raiders, as a lot of us do. Um, seems a great, great fella, great captain, great leader, fantastic player. He's, if, if the record's right here in front of me, he's played 258 games and I think he's only about 29, so he'll, he could be the most capped player. I'm still going to I'm going to have to sell my soul out there McCracken Tigers captain and I don't want this to become an accept like a thing where people can you know you know make me sell my soul out every time by telling me all these players that played for the Bulldogs. See, that's the, oh, there's, there's, I've just, I've just thought of one there, Chief. I, I, I've thought, I think I'm thinking oh, of the same yeah. person. Do you want to say it on uh, three? One, two, three. Terry uh, Darren, Lamb. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, no, we weren't. No, I wouldn't be Lamb. I'd be definitely be Darren Sennett for anyone that wanted to play along out there. Um, and, and also, because um, I think he actually took over the captaincy from McCracken uh, for about three or four years there. Anyway, yeah. And you know um, you'd be parting ways with your great hero of the Tigers, Robbie Farah, who grew up supporting the Bulldogs. Didn't play fact, for him, though. Didn't play and in, for and him. And in so. fact, carried round in his wallet 
a picture of Terry. Yeah, Mann. yeah, 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 yeah. But didn't play for him. Look, I'm I'm going with McCracken. Oh, that's a hell of a hill. Would you rather be for me? Like that's it's probably it's it's typical of the week, I guess. You know, very um. Yeah, you go so you go to a lot of places thinking about that. Pez, who would you rather be? Because it's it's a good question for you too, I think. It is a good question. Kiwi man. International too. I think he probably captained the Kiwis. He was an outstanding player, but I'll let you. Um, Twenty-two tests for New Zealand, uh, and not only that. What many many people don't know is that he first came to Australia in nineteen eighty-nine, and he was sent to the North Sydney Bears as part of a New Zealand Rugby League rookie scheme. And he would have oh, been playing. That's, you told me this a couple mm. of weeks ago or something. Mm. That's outstanding knowledge. I mean, mm. far out. And he played near a, He played at St. Helens in 92, 93, but I don't think that was um, going away from the Australian Rugby League. He was just playing in the off-season. It was one of, probably one of the last years guys did that. So yeah, he's playing right. some off-season footy, English footy, which is good. I don't think we're giving... Oh, look, I think we've kind of laid enough praise on McCracken. Wonderful player, wonderful hard um, tough back rower who, who who started in centres, very skillful footballer, very tough footballer, test match footballer, no doubt would have represented where he where Australian as well, would have played a lot of origin, a lot of test footy, I'm sure. Um, let's talk about Jared Croker, though, whose career is still going. First thing that you failed to mention is that he's the, um, he's the nephew of Jason. Is he really? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's distantly related. He's distantly related. I always wondered but, you that. Know, we can use cousins. Well, um, I like I like that to start with. You know, if you're talking that about is Raider, good. You're talking about Raiders royalty. You know, Jason Croker, and it's probably another good. Who would you rather be later, Jared or Jason Croker? That's the um, ultimate. That's one we should ask. Um, what's the Twitter handle? BJ Leilua's flick pass to Leilua's flick pass to Rapana for September 2016. Anyway, uh, I mean, let, let, let's talk about Jared Croker though. I mean, he's a guy, Sparks, who has had the just such the ultimate rugby league career. Joins a club, the Raiders, in two thousand and nine. One club man at a at a wonderful club. Joins it at a low ebb of the Raiders, uh, and has essentially become its stalwart, its skipper, its centrifugal force, its nucleus. Um, in with, with such a, a calm country, like a attractive demeanor, mm. he kicks goals for them. He always stands up for them. Wonderful in defence, and he has basically been at the helm and turned them around from a an also ran team that was always living in the shadows of you know one of the greatest teams of all time to a team that well, frankly, should have won the grand final last year. <laughs> And we'll go close for for a long while yet. They've made he's turned the Raiders. He's been part of a a group and at the forefront of a group that's turned the Raiders from, uh, you know, not let's not say cellar dwellers, but a pretty beatable team that no one really gave two thoughts to, into a completely new brand. You know, they are they're a cult team again. The Raiders when the Raiders were around in the nineties. Mm. They were superstars. It was it was salary cap stuff. It was test match players. It was origin stars yeah. um, from both states. It was uh, green milk. Know, yeah. it, it was Chicago Bulls stuff. You know from mm. that era. The Raiders now are an altogether different proposition. You know they've broken out of the um, the shadow of the Brumbies. Uh, they have have won Canberra all over again. 
They mm. do it by, you know, through what appears to be pretty decent blokes with like a, a real cult fan base. And at the mm. heart of it all is this guy, Jared Croker. Like you'd kill for that career. Hell of a career. And, you know, you, I mean, Sparks, I'm surprised that you don't give credence to the fact that he's an underdog, Jared Croker. He's under-recognised, you know. I mean, you feel like that about yourself very often. You mm. often have to sort of speak up for yourself and feel like people aren't picking out, you know, what's good about you. You know, you're, people are on your back all the time, myself primarily, you know. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's a, he's a hard-working bloke who does the yards for the team. You imagine when he walks off every game. The players just go, we know we could rely on Jared. 748 goals for the club. Yeah, kicker too, yeah. Fine you know? kicker. And if he played if he played Origin, and no doubt he would have if he was a Queenslander, he'd do a job for you there too, wouldn't he? No doubt. It's not a slight against Jared, like But you've just gone, oh well, Jared McCracken ran out with the fucking team, half a team of criminals for the West Tigers <laughs> in two thousand. Eight you know, times. so I'm going to have to go Eight with Eight times. <laughs> well, two of them in that cyber criminals and, you know, some staff as well. Oh, I just Thank- said eight, eight, just for the eight appearances. Anyway, look. You give I'll all that up it. for eight appearances for the West Tigers in 2000. All of it. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, I'm sticking with it. I'm going to be loyal to my teammates. It's been a rough week. Come on, give me a break. You always want a break, don't you? All right. A few monologues going on in this show this week, Sparks, I feel like. It's sort of you go for five minutes, I go for 12. Um, yeah. That's the nature of solo, of you know, sort of self-isolated podcasting, unfortunately. I think so. We're doing our best out there, ladies and gentlemen. Stick with us. Thanks for sticking with us if you, if you still are and you have been over the past week or two and you're getting involved in the socials and... People that have given us a rating and a liking, Pezzo. I've just jumped in here and done this, Pezzo. I just, I, I just it. thought it was, I just thought it was uh, timely. Mm. Just, just, just for it. a thank you out there. You know, yeah. it's and we're, and, you know, we're all, we're all, as they keep saying, we're all in this together, mm. you know, ladies and gentlemen. So we're missing the footy, and we're, you know, we're not sure what's happening. Um, but we're going to stick at it. We're sticking at it, Pezzo, and we'll, we'll stick. We'll get through it. We will get through it. Right. We'll be there together at the end of it. That's good. Doing my job. Um, time for Are You Interested? You've lined up a couple of articles for us to have a look at, Sparks. You're going to ask me if I'm interested in this media piece. And um, <laughs> yeah. um, right. well, so what, what, what have you got lined up for us this week on Are You Interested? Ask me if I'm interested. Okay. All right. So I found this on uh, www.westtigers.com.au. Oh, fuck. Uh, and I later found out actually that it was on every club's website and the, the headline just ran, uh, what's wrong with aiming for a May 28 return? Question mark. Pezza, are you interested? Yeah, I'm interested in what follows as the copy. Like, I mean, that's the point. Okay, the so this is, this is written by Margie McDonald. I think she's a senior reporter at NRL.com. Okay. And I'll just read you the first little bit. So what's wrong with giving a little, little hope? Pezza. Doesn't say that, but why can't sports lovers, rugby league in this case primarily, have a date to aim for making its return? Every single season, NRL supporters hope for a premiership, top four berth. Just making the eight is a reason for jubilation for some long suffering fan bases. The May 28 restart date proposed by the Arrow Commission after being nominated by the project Apollo Brains Trust certainly has stirred the pot. 
everyone seems to be, to have forgotten the caveats placed on this. The most being the anyway, it just goes on. But like, are you interested in this? Um, in in a way, she basically just tells us that we should be hopeful. Right at the end, talking about romancing the stone. That's some movie with Harrison Ford in it or something, I think. You're just saying we should we just need to be hopeful. Rugby League wants to spread the magic once again. Where where does this stuff become propaganda? Like is you know? Nineteen oh eight. It's just this is another thing that's pissing me off about the NRL. Everything like related to this, all the clubs just put out the same NRL endorsed stuff every time. They all write the same statement about Greenberg. Does the NRL own the clubs? I guess the clubs are signed up to the competition. So if, if they want to play in the NRL's competition, they have to toe the line. It just seems propaganda. Is propaganda a word or something? It just seems like propaganda. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you, but in like, terms of the supply chain huge? of that, you know, they, you know, that happens. They write the article. The NRL writes the articles. The clubs carry them, and then you go and get those articles. You personally, then you send them on to our WhatsApps, saying, "Oh, yeah, the Tigers actually looking good this, this week." Oh, Le Lewis said he's trained well. No, I, you know, no, that's, that's, that's what you do. So the whole it's the circle of life, right? They they, they know exactly what they're getting. Oh, I think I think you. You're talking about something different there. Not really. Because this is talking about buying club. I mean, the fact that you're even on westtigers.com.au, <laughs> I feel like when you type in that address, you're agreeing to receive propaganda. But you, you Maybe th- from the Tigers, though, but not from the NRL. You know what I mean? I who's, want Tigers who's propaganda, like, yeah. Who's running, who's running the show? Like, is that, you know, you know, who's wagging the tail? You know, uh, is, that, is that the expression? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, mate. I just anyway. I just I just thought it was uh, worth mentioning in the segment again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's one there's one other here as well, Sparks. You've done the research on this. Um, oh yeah. Do you want me to keep going with it? Yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah. yeah, keep going if possible. All right. I'll just quickly lighten the mood. Quickly, shall I? How about this one? This is actually from www.qrl.com.au. That's the Queensland Rugby League. Uh, and the headline is, I wear walkers on as a badge of honour. Are you interested? I think you know what this is about. Yeah. I'll read no. you the first sentence. Yeah. Can I read you the first sentence? Yeah, mate. Walkers on. Walkers on. Full stop. That's it. The two words. <laughs> no, I'm not, inter- I'm not Walker. Chris Walker, mate. Come on. We talked about him last week. And I'm just, and I just thought it was, you know, topical. We, That's we why. Talked a bit of Chris Walk- we talked a bit of Chris Walker last week. And I it think it's just- an absolute disgrace last week that you last week decided that you'd prefer to be Chris Walker than Andrew Walker. And I, was, I think it was disingenuous. And, and like many things that you say, I don't think you meant it. Like many things I say. It's a mm-hmm. bit harsh. Oh, I think you're just disingenuous on a level. Yeah. Often. Oh, that's quite harsh. Well, look, Chris Walker goes on to say he really enjoys that, you know, people remember him for the walkers on and he takes it as a compliment because, um, you know, it meant that, you know, Phil Gould and the New South Wales team were really worried about him. So, you know, that's just a – I think that's a, just a good little footy story to uh, to lighten the mood a bit. You know, we're a bit – we're a bit oh, – I don't know, what are we tonight? It's a bit, you know, we're a bit frustrated. It's a bit dark. Um, it's tricky times. 
Mate. That's what I mean. I mean. You don't honestly think that was a good footy story to like. That's what I mean. That That's the level of disingenuousness I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, on a, on a mass scale. I'm saying, don't want to sort of break the fourth wall on this, Sparks. I just want to be clear, you know, for your family and friends listening who do support the show and support you, that, you know, you can't say, oh, you've been a bit harsh there and then in the same breath read out a Chris Walker story that starts with walkers on, walkers on and say it's a good little footy story to light the mood and say that you're telling the truth. It's not fair. Well, well, it just did, mate. I'm going to ask you the next one uh, if you're interested in this. And I think you uh, will get be. Get going. You're on a roll. All right. And this is from Wide World of Sports. All right, Pezza. I'm <laughs> uh, just trying to find the article, um, which I'm struggling to do. But I'll just read you out. It says, uh, Wide World of Sports, Queensland Premier bites back at ridiculous Fitler. Are you interested? Yeah, I was, I was interested. That came out a couple of days ago, didn't it? Yeah, pretty much, and it sort of—I think this was the the one that came out the first time, and it sort of kept going. You you know what's happened here? Like Fitler's basically said that uh, the Queensland Premier's been um, committing political. Did you say political suicide? It was something like that. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, um, yeah. Said that you know, you know, um, rugby leagues, you know, going out of its way to do what it can, and you know, tick every box, and is saying it that. Um, yeah, they're dragging it all down. They're being negative and dragging it all down. And the Premier went back and just said, it's ridiculous. I'm trying to save lives here. Leave me alone. Yeah. I mean, what uh, is going on there? Well, yeah, what's going on? Well, what's going on is the Tigers play the Bulldogs on May 28. <laughs> and we might address that in a roundabout way with our next segment, which is cue the music. Well, can, I, can I kick off? Would you mind if you hand over the reins? Because we've come I'll to hand a... the reins just just for the, this week. Hence, what's what everything's happening. You can ha- oh, you're the reins. Off you go. Oh well, I'm handing on. the reins over just to introduce what's going to happen. I mean, you're still the star of this segment. Make no bones about it. But we sort of came to an arrangement, Sparks and I, after long deliberations, long negotiations via text message. Um, whereby, as the listeners would know, many listeners would know that the, the dozens of you out there would know that. Um, what we've been, what what Sparks has decided to do during lockdown, during the shutdown, during the isolation, is to come up with lists, listicles, top five, and he's asked for some categories, but in the absence of categories, he's making them up himself, um, and it's just starting to get a little bit vanilla to my mind. I don't know what you'd proposed to do this week. Oh yeah, the, the one he proposed to do this week was top five Tigers games I've been to, which I don't think really speaks to the spirit of this segment where there's, there's meant to be some conflict here. There's meant to be some challenge. You know, if you talk about top five games you've been to, I can't really get involved there. You can't have listeners scream down their well, earphones as they're going for a run or whatever, saying that's just ridiculous. Well, um, particularly might, when you might have about, told the story about the time you and I went down to Cogger in 2005 and watched the Tigers win. And yeah, but that's still, then, there's no You know, there's, then, there's then no help the hot doggy that. hot dog man, like onto the train, like, you know, in the in the face of, you know, um, security guards telling us not to let him on, you know, and things like that. You know, a few yarns could have been spun. I'm just saying that's a teaser for the listeners out there too. If you you want to hear stuff like that, but anyway, Pezza, sorry, digress. You could write that in an article and give it to WestTigers.com.au as propaganda. Um, Sparks, I've yes, I've proposed that instead that the category this week for your top five is um, 
top five most disappointing things about being a West Tigers fan? Mm. Are you prepared? Yep. Well, take it away. Yep. All right. Well, well done for the title of the, or the, you know, the, the title of the list. But here we go. Okay. Nonetheless, in the spirit of Tiger Corner, number five. Okay. We're going to count down five to one. Number five. What's the thing again? The most disappointing things about being a West Tigers fan. Okay. The first one. It's always really disappointing that whenever there is talk of a team relocating to Perth, the first team to be brought up in that conversation is the West Tigers. <laughs> and the main reason it is, it's because they're full of fucking lazy people that just turn on the on the notion of it being West and, oh, yeah, Perth in Western Australia. And they just make us go to Perth when we've already fucking merged and lost half our identity in the start, you know, back in 2000. And then they tell us that we've got to go and pack it up to Perth and I can't go to Leichhardt Oval anymore. It's very, very disappointing. That's the first thing. Number four, refs never giving us a go at Leichhardt Oval. This always <laughs> happens. So what happens now is that Leichhardt Oval becomes this massive story and we, the fans, sell the joint out every time it's on, no matter where we are on the ladder, you know, back page news, even sometimes front page news. And all we want to do there is go and support our team and the referees make a purposeful... Um, effort to not let the crowd get involved and what they actually do is favor the away team incredibly because they're professional blokes and you know they're just you know drilling down on every fucking thing they're doing when they're you know when we've decided that refereeing is a full-time job when, when did that ever happen who was the ceo when when they decided that was a full-time job anyway Number three. Just a counterpoint to that. Perhaps the Tigers concede a lot of penalties at Leichhardt Oval um, because they often um, are a poorly organised unit who are being outplayed by better teams. Yeah, mate. That's 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 that that's inconceivable, isn't it? That's, that's your opinion. What a the ridiculous thing one, to say. Um, the third thing that's really disappointing is never give, getting enough credit for the fact that we merged two foundation clubs and have made it work for the best part of 20 years. And that again goes back to the notion of people calling us a basket case or whatever it might be. Mate, we've got two foundation clubs with rich, rich tribal history and for the sake of the game, for the sake of rugby league, our clubs merged to keep it going and we don't get enough credit. All we get is, oh, well, yeah, that joint's a basket case and, you know, oh, they can't work themselves out. Well, the same thing happens at every other club and there's only one club operating apart from St. George Illawarra. They should get a bit of credit too. Don't think it's lost on me to the St. George Illawarra fans out there. Full credit to you. Uh, the second one, uh, it would be nice to make the finals every once in a while. That's definitely true. And the first one in the top five things is that stronger teams with more money always taking our junior players, which we spend time and effort putting into, yep. is what I had written. Every time, doesn't matter, you know, fantastic junior bases, particularly Balmain, particularly Balmain that is a very underrated uh, junior development area. You know, we just, you know, throw, we just trawl them out all the time. Doesn't matter who it is, Tedesco, mm. Moses, Brooks, Woods, you know, Adam Dewey's come back, Kyle Love, you know, yeah, all sorts. And I'm just sick of it, all right? Why do other teams... Um have more money than the Tigers? 
Oh well, mate. Why do more families have you know more money than other you know than other families? Why do some communities have more? It's 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 all deep. It's it's rooted in history and and stuff, mate. You know, some people were were given it, and you know, um, we weren't. You know, it's just you you know, honest working class teams from working class areas doing the best with what they got. You know, and what do you say to the notion that the NRL is um? has for, for maybe 20 to 30 years run under a salary cap model whose theory is that every team has the same amount of money to spend and you can't go over that cap and that the, the by extension the, the theory is the competition equalizes as teams get good yeah. their players get more value they then drop off happen. to other teams it's bullshit because there's things like third parties and all that sort of stuff. And if you've got the money to be able to rot the salary cap and overspend, you know, you, 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 you might get done for it for one year, but you win the comp the next year anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, look, mate, that's my top five things that are really disappointing about being a West Tigers fan. So just to recap that list, um, number yeah. five, people connect us with Western Australia. So there's number f- top five most disappointing things about being a West yes. Tigers fan. When people connect us with Western Australia, number four, no penalties at Leichhardt Oval. Number three, yep. people calling us a basket case. That's not fair. Number two, okay, it would be good to make finals. Quickly glossed over. Number one, other people being unfair to us by taking our players because they've got more money. Is that yeah, right? And not, developing, and not developing their own players. Not developing their own players. So of the five, four of them were about other people being unfair to the Tigers, yeah? It's, well, it's disappointing that people behave that way towards us. Mm. Week in, week out, year in, year out. Fantastic. Sparks, take it away with the newest segment, the most popular segments, getting plenty of traction on social media, at least three or four people getting involved in this. Uh, it's, it's what could have been. Oh, yeah, look, thanks everyone for your interaction again. Look, it, it, we've been on lockdown and it's hard to know like what day it is. You know, we don't, we don't know what's going on and... We, we sort of so we we sort of were recording sometimes on a Friday, sometimes on a Saturday, sometimes we've been a bit out of sync. All right, so we're trying to get this back in the groove of being a Wednesday night podcast. So mm. I understand I probably gave you a few what could have beens like pretty quickly, you know, a couple in the same week. I understand yeah. that you know it's a bit hard to People if you want to give this, yeah, and if you want to give the the, the segment the um, the respect it deserves, you can't be doing that sort of stuff. So people need a full week well, to prepare. Exactly. So look, I'll take that on myself. And just also bear in mind, the footy's probably coming back. Um, so I've only got a couple more of these to go. But what I've got, I just thought, you know, with the Anzac Day coming around um, and in the spirit of honouring um, merged clubs, I thought what we would do is, you know, have a think about if the 1975 Eastern Suburbs Roosters were to play the 1992 Illawarra Steelers uh, at an Anzac Day clash at the Sydney Football Stadium at about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Anzac Day. And, and, and who would win? Um, so we're honouring the Illawarra Steelers there in the in the St George Illawarra uh, side of the merger, and we've got two two really good teams, and we've got a, we've got an outstanding um, Eastern Suburbs Roosters side. I think uh, if there are any Roosters fans, if there's any of them listening to the podcast, mm. uh, you can come and tell us. I think the '75 side would be about as good as um, they've ever had. Guys like um, Beatson, Ron Coote, Johnny Peard. Bill Mullins, that Brett's Brett Mullins' dad, Ian Schubert. I Bomber thought, um, yeah. Anyway, I thought there was a few more around that era, but nonetheless, they won the comp and the Amco Cup. They're playing up against the Illawarra Steelers, who in '92 had they had a great year. Pez, you know, full full of really good good players: Rodwell, McGregor, McIndoe, Wishart, 
Craig Izzard was the captain, and I think captain them from the bench in, in the preliminary final uh, where they lost to the Dragons. Look, we asked what could have been, who could have won, uh, and look, yeah, looks like Ben Shine's come through again with the goods. Oh, well done. It, so even though, yeah, he didn't have too much of an idea, he sort of, he sort of said that... Um, that East would win it on the back of Arthur Beetson. And I sort of like that, you know. Um, as good as that Illawarra side is, there's no immortals in there. Uh, so happy to give Ben the, the, the shout-out and the recognition he deserves uh, for, for picking that game. So, look, from here on in, we'll try and give you a bit more notice. And they'll again be based on, you know, uh, games that would have happened um, over the course of the weekend. So I'll try and, I'll try and use some clubs that I haven't so far. Um, and, yeah, look, look out for that on the socials. Uh, next week, Pezza. The and Roosters the won the comp in 1975. That was a White Boots grand final. That was one where uh, they won 38 nil. It was the second comp in a row for them. It was sort of it was off. It was as the, the Dragons were on the downward slide after 11 comps in a row. Imagine living through that. Hello. 11 in a row, Sparks. That's pretty hard. Do we even talk about that enough? We've forgotten about that in the modern no. era. I mean, I know it's not forgotten, no. but. Um, it, that's not respected enough. I, I even I remember in you know now we're showing we're getting on, but even in the early nineties, like uh, my dad would talk about that and just just literally how good that dragon side were, um, was. That unit. Yeah. No, it needs to be talked about more. Absolutely, it does. Um. All right, for mine, Sparks, to wrap up this um, sharp podcast, but one where you've just again outdone yourself. We've got a question from uh, Patrick Tate. Long, long time friend of the show, um, Patrick yeah. Tate. Given he's an associate of yours, um, IRL in real life, perhaps mm. you want to just introduce this, maybe let, let listeners know a little bit about Patrick, your association with him and, and what his question is. Patrick Tate took the best catch on a cricket field I've ever seen. Wow. Quite quite simply. Uh, I was off my bowling a long time ago um, out at Rouse Hill somewhere. Yeah. Imagine a goalkeeper... Like turning his body and saving, like tipping the ball over the the top. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, with his right hand, that that kind of motion, and yeah, he's caught it in his um, top hand after the guys absolutely smoked it. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's how we know each other. A bit of cricket and um, a real good bloke. So good day, Patrick. Uh, what's he asked for? Top five bulldogs of the early two thousands. Did you did you did you want to chime in on this, Pez? Are we going to do five yeah, each, or do. just come I, up I mean, with a couple have you, have collectively? Got, have you got five lined up? I've, I, I think I can do it. I think we should do it together. If you you start off, um, yeah, I think I think you go first because I know who my number one is, um, right. but I don't think we want to get there just yet. And early, so let, on, let, let's just get the let's get the criteria right. So it says top five Bulldogs of the early 2000s. When we say top five, that could mean anything. Top five favourite, top five cult, I th- top five that we enjoyed or just top five literal players in the code. I think he's gone with favourite. I- I've interpreted it as favourite. All right. I'll kick us off. Uh, Nigel Wagner, like just the try scoring ability. Yep. Outstanding. I, I think he was pretty good for an intercept too. A uh, bit of headgear rolling around. Really mm. enjoyed it. Really mm. enjoyed it. So Wagner is um, in there. For me, that's that's one. Yeah, Shane Perry for me. No, um, I'm just trying to think of how to do this, folks. There's a lot of. I want to go through a lot of these players before we get it cut it down to a five because there's a lot, a lot of right, guys. Okay, well, I mean, he, he, uh, let me let me rattle off a few off top off top of my head. 
Early yeah, 2000s. Yeah, true, true. Dogs players. Yeah. Luke please. Patton. Yeah, the general. Yeah, love him. Um, obviously, Thurston was there for a bit. Roy Asatasi. Oh. Roy Asatasi. Sonny Bill Williams. Um, mm. Willie Mason. Braith yeah. and Asta. Braith and Asta Bulldogs years. Mm. Shifty. Mm. Shifty Sherwin. Sherwin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and course. guess who else played there in 01 and 02? Well, all of them did. 21 games. Guess who played 21 gap. games for him in 01 02? Oh. Daryl Trindle. <laughs> he did too. Yeah, I remember that now. Guess who else played for him? And a, a good one. Matt Utah. Oh, uh, yeah. Todd Polglaze. Willie Tom. They had a gun too. Steve Price. I mean, Steve Price was a good player, wasn't he? What about Rennie Matua? Sort of early. He was getting into the sort of mid Oh, man, I love Rennie Matua. All right, I'm going. Matua's in there for me. Okay, I Matua. met Rennie Matua at Good Vibrations in like 2008 or something like okay. that. He was a legend. Okay. Really like him. Good player too. Good Matua. honest player. I always wanted him to come to the Tigers. Anyway. I've got Wagner and Matua. Okay, Wagner, Matua. I think with the dogs, I sort of want to talk about the most dogs kind of players as well, though. Oh, yeah, They yeah. sort of all were around then, though, to be fair. And Marco Mealy joined him in 02. Yeah. They, had a good side. they had a really good side, didn't they? O'Mealy, for me, is always dogs. Like, I know he had a few, like, Roosters years and stuff like that, but he was always dogs. You know where he was before that, don't you? Your mob, wasn't it? Yeah. Then Northern yeah. Eagles. Oh, I did you Eagles all... as well. So, you what, all... are we putting O'Mealy in there or what? Not sure yet. Um, okay. Probably put him on the short list. Ricky Stewart was there in 2000, by the way. Anyway. Um <laughs> And Brad Clyde was there in 01. So was Clyde, yeah. So was arguably the, so was arguably the best forward of yeah. like the last 50 yeah. years. And half, I want to say. It just just yeah, for yeah. argument's sake. Yeah. Um, I suspect that he sort of means the post-Stuart Clyde era. I'd, I'd assume so. He's probably sort yeah. of more starting to lean towards sort of, what, 03, 04 when they, yeah. when they made those. Jamie um, Feeney played 112 games for the Dogs in that era. Uh, anyway, mm. look. Yeah, Wagner, I like it. Mature, I like it. Then you're looking at like you're looking at sort of how do you get four into three between? Because let's leave Thurston out because he's Cowboys, right? Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Some stuff went down with, when he was at the Dogs oh. and uh, he's at the Cowboys and. Leather I'd Wilson. almost argue the same for Sonny Bill Williams. Is that fair? Or? No, I don't think that's fair. You because you you you've forgotten that you will have forgotten the absolute uproar at his departure from that club. I mean, his star was at. Um, I wouldn't say it's at his peak, but Sonny B. Williams was was one of the triumphant biggest young players in the game. You know how a lot of people, um, you know, when they're sort of older and stuff like that, like they like, oh, you know, I can tell you where I was when, you know, you yeah. know, man landed on the moon or, you know, where, <laughs> you know, other things like that. I, you know, I can genuinely remember exactly where I was when I found out Sonny Bill Williams was like leaving the Bulldogs and legging it overseas. I was on a bus or like a courtesy like um, bus on the way to the Bledisloe Cup uh, with my then girlfriend. And yeah, like pe- pe- someone was texting me or something because it was pre-smartphone. And I remember like just, yeah, I overheard like some blokes talking about it. We started talking about it or something like that. But I can remember it vividly. Anyway. Is he in or not? Are we, are Sunny we... Bill Trillions. Money Bill Squillions. Money Money Bill Williams there. Uh, are you, well, is, so is he in there? So what have we got? Wagner, Matua. Sort of Sunny dogs Bill. of war stuff, isn't it? Look, you have to have... I think you have to have Willie. 
Mate, well, he's number one for me. That was where yeah. I was going with it all. Like, he's just the number one. He's Willie Mason's. I'm actually going to pick. Um, personally, going to pick Asatasi ahead of O'Milly. Right. Okay. Asatasi was. Um, oh, he was a great player. Well, who else? The other one. The other one it was, was a marquee. Not, the other one I've not talked about Steve because Price. he started much earlier. He's number one. I'll tell you, who number one is Steve Price. Oh, yeah, I said that. I mentioned him. I wasn't listening. Not for the first time. With surprise. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what about Paul Rahe? He was around a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. You know when the Cowboys started to do really well was on the back of Rahe. Very massively underrated player in that that Cowboys. I'm going to underrate him next to the guys we've talked about, but I like it. I mean, we've we've not talked about Hasmael Masri. True, we haven't. And nor have we talked about Tony Grimaldi. Oh, Grimaldi. He was good, man. I liked him. Mm. This is like also, they would have been playing out in the showground too, like, you know, where the big day out was and stuff like that. Oh, what's now the um, the Giants Stadium mm. and that. That was a weird place to watch footy. I remember going out there in about 02 maybe, 01 or something. That was weird. Like the Tigers had just merged. It might have been 01. Tigers had merged on a Saturday night. You're sitting so far away from... Um, the action and the... I don't think the Bulldogs were even that good that year as well. Probably lost. Tigers lost like 32 to 14 or, or something like that. It's just strange. Has a Mel you know, That's where the Easter show the was dogs. and then all of a sudden... Yeah, sorry, huh? mate. No, nah, go on. Oh, no, it, does, it doesn't really matter. It's just... It was just a... If you're out there and listening and you ever went to a game at the showground, let us know what you thought of it. Okay, so you're saying you're, I'm I'm gonna cut Asatasi for Hazamel Masri, just in terms right. of like dogs players. Um, I have to have Steve Price. I have to have Hazamel Masri. I have to have Willie. You're That's really three. you're really um, hell bent on Wagner and Matua. Are you sure? Are they on the level? Are Wagner and Matua on the level of the three I've just said? Hazem, Steve Price, and Willie Mason. Wagner probably is, isn't he? I think Wagner is. So, what are we looking for? Another two or another three? Well, if you get Wagner in there, I want one, and you've got you. You can choose between Sonny Bill Williams, Roy Asatasi, Rennie Matua, Marco Mealy, or um, well, or Shane. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually going to go. In the, I'm putting Luke Patton in there. Can I put Luke Patton in there, please? You can. All right, there we general. go. There are our top five, to Patrick. Oh, I'm very happy with that. I like Luke Patton over Matua. Yeah, combination of backs and forwards as well. Steve Price, Willie yeah. Mason, Nigel Wagner, Hazemore Masri, Luke Patton. Yeah. Hey, great question, Patrick. Send in your top five too. And, you know, look what we've done there. You know what we've done there, Pez? You know, I know I said a few nasty things about the Bulldogs at the top of the show, but it's all part of it. You know, you've got to have, you know, heroes and villains and sport. And, you know, ultimately you still respect, you know. You know, just a bit of respect, you know. I can respect they good good players. I just don't want to be them. That's all. That's all we've got time for on the Hill this week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making it this far. Hope we've helped you with, you know, whatever you're doing, whether you're putting the dishes away, going for a run. Lord knows you're not commuting. And if you are, stay safe. Put a mask on, wash your hands. Um, you know, try and fight the urge to rejoin normal society and do the things that um, we used to do, despite the fact that the code you love is trying to do exactly that um, because it's on its knees commercially. I say all this figuratively. I don't mean it, Peter, if you are listening. You are the emperor, and uh, we, we bow down and we're ready to serve. Cheers.